sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah. It's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, channel 159, the Sports Grid a radio network over the course of the next hour. We're going to get to hang out with Tony Finn at Finn at Wager Talk on Twitter. And Tony's going to break down some college basketball, a loaded Saturday college basketball card as we have every week at this time of the year. We're going to talk about some of the coaches we like, some of the coaches we don't, who's making us money, who isn't, how we're going to bet the smaller conferences team. You know the drill. It is going to be a loaded edition of Cover It with Teddy Covers today, college hoop style. Of course, we'll close out the show. I'll give you an NFL opinion before all said and done. And before we get into Tony Finn, I want to talk about MLK Day Unders. Because to me, this is a really good example of how the betting marketplace evolves. So betting MLK Day Unders in the NBA was a thing. It was a big thing in the aughts. You bet all the early start games under, you know, and it makes sense. The NBA is a night lifestyle league, shall we say. And day games are going to be sluggish. Now, some teams get the national TV day games on the weekends or whatever. A lot of the teams never play or rarely play early start games in the NBA. And the thought process is that these day games with teams that don't normally play day games that are living a night lifestyle, they're going to be sluggish. And that's the prevailing thought process. And that was the case for many years. Although it hasn't been a bet it blindly moneymaker for the last decade, 2022 was a pretty good year for MLK Day Unders. The three earliest start games all stayed way under and ended up going 5-3 and three to the under. So I guess the fact that it wasn't a thing for a decade prior to last year made people thought it was a thing again this year. They were betting the MLK Day Unders. <laughs> and what happened if you bet the early start games under? Well... Boston, Charlotte went over by 18.5 points. Indiana, Milwaukee went over by 25 points. Toronto, New York played in overtime, but the game went over in regulation. Golden State, Washington went over by double digits. Miami, Atlanta went over by double digits. Utah, Minnesota over by 19. Phoenix, Memphis over by 11. It wasn't a perfect sweep for overs. You know, Cleveland doesn't play overs unless they have to. Uh, And, of course, New Orleans is banged up beyond belief right now. Not beyond belief, but that was the one game. That stayed under the total in early betting action. 7-1 to the over on MLK Day. And if you were betting that old trend, clearly you did not do well. Now this is all in the rearview mirror now. Why am I talking about it? Well, there's a key concept here. The betting marketplace evolves. It's not static. What worked last year or last decade or last century or last night may not work as well today or or tomorrow. If you're going to stay on top of things, if you're going to win sports betting short-term and long-term, you need to be adapting and evolving. And that doesn't mean blindly betting trends. It means paying attention to the trends and deciding when. There are times you want to get involved with them. Other times you want to leave them alone. My good friend Ralph Michaels, we've heard him on this show before, uh, I imagine we'll have him on again in the not-too-distant futures. He put out uh, a, a tweet earlier this week talking about teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs. This is another one. Two decades ago, you bet teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs, you made money. 
flat out, three decades ago, you made a bunch of money. You know, that was a blowout era. Was Super Bowls were blowout, conference championships games were blowout, divisional round games were blowouts. It's not a trend that never paid dividends. It paid a ton of dividends betting on teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs. Well, Ralph's tweet. <laughs> Since 2006, so it's not a short sample size now. We're talking the better part of the last 20 years. Teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs, 36% against the spread. Betting against them, 64% against the spread. So a trend that paid, you probably look at 50 years worth of data, you're going to say you want to be betting on teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs. You look at 30 years worth of data, you might want to be betting on teams off a bye in the NFL playoffs. In the modern era, (laughs) you better have a good reason to bet an NFL team off a bye in the postseason. Again, it's not like 36% is 5%. It's not like it's 10% or 15 or 20. It's, you know, it's going to cover more than one out of three times. But one out of three times ain't profitable. And if you're going to look me in the eye and say, oh, yeah, I'm betting on this team in the playoffs because they're coming off a bye week. And again, it's a strategy that made sense at one point. Not at this point. (laughs) And it's key to remember these type of equations because we all look for data points. We all look for data wherever we can find it and trying to figure out what stats matter and what stats don't what data is important and what data isn't, that's a key piece of the puzzle. We talk about it every week here on Cover It uh, with Teddy Covers, trying to figure out what stats you want to look at, what stats are misleading, what trends we want to look at, what trends are misleading. I'm not a huge trend guy. And these two examples right here, talking about MLK Day unders that were a bloodbath for anyone that bet them this year, Talking about teams off a bye in the postseason. Again, with a long-term track record that say they're decent. Not in the short term. Not in the medium term. It just hasn't been the case. So there you have it. What worked in the past does not always work to the f- in, in the present or the future. Sports betting is a dynamic operation. We'll do our best to keep your dynamic... Oh gosh, I messed this up keep you we'll do we do our best to keep you in the mix where the dynamics are changing sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com At this time of the year, uh, I do two shows every weekend here on cover on the Sports Grid Radio Network to cover it with Teddy Covers every weekend. One of them is going to be NFL-focused through the Super Bowl. The other one, the Saturday show, we like to talk a little hoops. Whether it's college hoops one week, NBA the next. This week, it's the college variety, and I'm going to bring in Tony Finn at Finn at Wager Talk, the Twitter address, uh, the Twitter a handle that bugs me over and over again because it has the at A-T as opposed to the at symbol. But Tony Finn at Finn at Wager Talk on Twitter. Tony, welcome to the program, my friend, today. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm working on adding another at to that Twitter <laughs> handle, so I'll, let you, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. 
<laughs> I appreciate that, Tony. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today to talk some college hoops. And I want to talk, I want to start really with your process for breaking down a college yeah. basketball card. All right. There's 112 games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. This is on the regular board. There's 33 more games on the extra board if you want to go through them. That's 145 games. That's more than twice as many as you'll have any weekend in college football. It's more than a week's worth of NBA. It's more than a month's worth of NFL. And these are all being played on. So we haven't even talked about the Sunday games, you know. But right, right, right. when you have a card with 112 games on it and then 33 more on the extra board, talk about your process for breaking down this card. How do you go from 112 games to a handful of high expectation wagers? And I know that's not an easy question, but I'll ask follow-ups. Don't you worry. Yeah, this uh, I will. Let me just be transparent, completely transparent, and that is that uh, I think the way you just outlined college basketball, the number of games there are, not just on Saturdays, but sometimes even last night we had a, a nice amount, a nice card that was filled with, at least in my orbit, some intriguing matchups and numbers for that matter. But my process isn't so organized, it isn't so disciplined that I can just spell it out like, okay, on January 1st, I go from this to this. And it's a, it's a really a trans, it's, 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 a, it's almost a transformation from day one or opening night for college hoops up to now league play starts a little earlier than it used to. Ted, you know that 20 years ago, league play would almost always start after Christmas, you know, and, and then as the conferences got bigger, broader, wider, taller um they started earlier and earlier and earlier but for me this is my favorite time because i do have my arms wrapped around a certain number of teams a certain number of conferences and it starts as a as a big picture from day one it starts as a big picture i do not try not to limit myself to specific conferences and, and again to be transparent as i said it would be i i really focus on if i can on power six conferences and some of the bigger uh, mid-majors, even some of the minors that I like or I feel like I might have an edge with. But I do it for two reasons. One, because in our business, it's not just because I'm playing for myself or wagering and investing for Tony Finn. I try to, I, you know, I try to reach a broader audience and most, for the most part, many of them, most of them for the, uh, all things equal, want to be on teams they can watch on TV. Not that you can't watch everything on television in some way, fashion or form now, but I uh, Power six conferences, they read about them, they know a little about them, they know one of the kids' names maybe, and it makes it more intriguing, more fun, and easier for them to, um, you know, stand up in the middle of the bar and yell for their team and somebody ask them a question. They might know the answer. So back in the day, when I first started handicapping college basketball, and this is in the off for me, I moved to Vegas and I never bet college basketball coming in here. You know, I knew how to bet NFL, I learned how to bet NBA, I learned how to bet some baseball. Uh, I started betting college football. For me, college basketball was kind of the last one for me to be able to feel like I could have some success with. And it took me several years after I moved to town before I started betting college hoops more than a little, little bit. But it was probably five years in. I felt kind of comfortable with some of the other sports. And what I would do is I would literally go go through every single game on the board. (laughs) The Friday nights was a 10-hour marathon where I was going through and checking game logs and checking current form and checking injuries. And it was an absolute marathon. Over the course of time, (laughs) I've been able to, I would say, uh, uh, what's the right word here? Uh, uh, To make the process, expedite the process. 
Right. And what I do in the modern era in college basketball, it starts at the very beginning of the year. I got a list. I go bet on and bet against. And right. throughout the course of the week in the month, and as I'm talking to people and as I'm watching games, I'm just adding or taking teams off of these lists. Bet on, bet against. At any given time, I might have 10 or 15 teams on both on, on the one list and another 10 or 15 on the other list. And those are the teams in particular that I'm going after when it comes to breaking down a college basketball card like this. I'm going to look for the teams that are on my list, either bet ons or bet against. Now, I may have 30 teams on this list right now. I'm not going to play all 30 of these games. It's a matter of which one of these or which handful of these stand out as being particularly good spots or good matchups or uh, the values there or whatever particular rationale. But for me, that helps take 100 and, you know, again, 112 games on the uh, regular board and another 33 on the uh, added board, the extra board. I don't uh, play those games generally. But it takes a 112-game slate and makes it, for me, at least something more manageable to go through just by going through my list of bet-ons and bet-against. Do you do anything like that, uh, Tony, or is that uh, not really in your uh, in, in your repertoire? No, I, I absolutely do. I think that's, uh, that's that covers a lot of what I do. And as you mentioned, college basketball, the, the, one, the one variable – of college basketball, at least I always found to be accurate for most seasons would be that, that the more game, obviously it's, as you explained it, it's a huge card. It's a, to, to take each team individually and break them down on a nightly basis becomes, um, it's, it's just not, it's not sustainable. You know, you're not going to live. Well, it's, it, season. Let me jump in, Tony. It's doable. Sure. If that's all that you do. If you're True. if college basketball is what you do, if you're a full time college basketball handicapper, you can and should be doing that. But yes, I imagine yes. the vast majority of our listening audience has a job. <laughs> you know, that, and if they don't have a job, <laughs> they got other stuff going on. It's 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 hard to do that every day. I agree. Yeah, and and the fact that college basketball happens to be, or at least the meat of the college basketball season, comes when you're in the NFL playoffs, NHLs. Uh, getting to the serious part down the stretch, uh, NBA's reached the halfway point. Everything, you know, every brother, mother, and cousin um, in in the sports industry, the sports companies at least have action in in, in North America. Okay, um, that said, that makes it pretty difficult to only do college basketball uh, for what you and I do for a living, or at least sure. for you know. So that said. Uh, it's really simple for me now, and I shouldn't say it's ever going to be simple for everybody, but it's really simple. This, there are certain teams, certain conferences, and I look at matchups maybe one week, two weeks ahead of time, and I circle. I'll actually put a name or a team name on a list saying, look, uh, we're working up to this game on this team. Which way are they going? Um, is it going to play out like I think it's going to play out? And if it does, then we're on that team. If it doesn't, then I just erase them, kick them to the side, maybe put them, put them again in the future. And it really becomes a process that isn't uh, – I want to say it's a process, a season process, maybe week to week or you know segments. But truth, uh, Teddy, as you all know, I keep track every night. I read enough. I watch a little bit here and there. And that's how I keep uh, keep my arms wrapped around a team or a conference. And um, at this point in time, there are about four or five teams that I really follow heavy and hard because I've I've found that I've uh, I'm, you know I've got my pulse on the locker room, right? And there are teams that they're just being overvalued, and I could care less other than looking at the number and saying the number's bad, and I'm going to take advantage of it. 
Yeah, and look, you know, I've got a list. You know, I've talked about that list right here in front of me. You know, on my bet on list, I've got, let's see, I've got Pitt on that list. I've got Youngstown on that list. Rutgers has made me a <laughs> bunch of money this year. Bradley, right. Creighton's on the list. Boise. On the bet against list, I've got Loyola and Illinois, Chicago, Fresno, Pepperdine, Fordham, I think, is overrated. LSU's a bet against team. So these are squads I'm looking to back and fade over the course. And again, the list is constantly changing. I'm taking teams on, taking teams off. But right now, those are some of the teams I'm highlighting is bet on and bet against squads. More with Tony Finn when coverage continues after this brief commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. I got Tony Finn on the line today. We're breaking out the world of college basketball betting. Mid-season here in January, we're in the heart of conference play. The conference tournament's still, what, about six weeks out. March Madness still about eight weeks out. This is a time of year where college basketball conference play is absolutely on center stage. And uh, there are ways to make money off this stuff. We're picking Tony's brain to figure out how. Now, you talked about how you like to bet primarily Power 6 conference schools. I want to ask you about the smaller conference teams. Do you ever get involved in them? Do you advise clients to get involved in the smaller conference games? I know there are a lot of cappers that focus largely on the smaller conferences. I think that the Power Five, Power Six conferences are all uh, tend to be priced correctly. And certainly in the smaller conferences, when you're riding streaks, sometimes these streaks can go on and on and on. Do you bet any smaller conference teams? And if so, how do you find your info? Are you watching, streaming? Is it all stat-based? Uh, talk to me about the mid-majors and non-majors of the college basketball betting world. I do, absolutely. When I, when I spoke to that to Power 6, basically kind of summarizing and answering a question to some degree, fashion reform, um, it's Atlantic 6, or should I say Atlantic 6, the Power 6 is a conference that everyone, like I explained to you, some of our clients, whether they be new or long-term, et cetera, Enjoy. They just enjoy having some action on that. They may not be home and able to stream it. Uh, you know, do a stream from ESPN three, et cetera, et cetera. They might be out and about, and for the most part, you'll be able to pick those games up, or at least ask the, ask the bartender or the server, "Hey, can you put this game on?" So that said, <laughs> yes, I do. This uh, I like the. I said Atlantic six. I like the Atlantic ten. I follow these West Coast conferences um, seriously. Tell you us being out here on the West Coast. Uh, it's it's a conferences. There are a lot of conferences, a lot of good basketball teams out here. That a lot, mostly the public or, or you know Joe public doesn't even have a clue about. And there are advantages, and there's some situational advantages that you can take uh, take home, take call it whatever you want to, you know, money in the bank, make your get your bacon uh, grease and make it work really well. And it, it works well for me. And yes, but how are you, Tony? Um, how are you? Yeah. How are you figuring out which one? You know, when you talk about the A10, mm-hmm. or I mean, I love yeah. the Mountain West. I've been betting the Mountain West for a year, or the Missouri right. Valley, or the West Coast Conference. You know, we're not talking Atlantic Sun here. We're not talking about you know the the bottom tier of the college no. basketball world, but these legit mid majors games that you can find streaming online, games you can find sometimes on some of the other networks. 
How do you approach these? Where do you get your info from the squads that you're not watching on TV every week? Well, what I'm going I'm to tell you how I do that, and I think you know, I think you have a good idea, and it's very difficult for the average individual, as you as you outlined, guys who have jobs, ladies who work all day and want to play, but they don't have the time to, to investigate and read, et cetera. I have a, some contacts. I have many of them beat writers. Before the pandemic, it was even stronger. Teddy, after the pandemic or during the pandemic, a lot of my contacts said, listen, I'm giving this up. I'm going to do another job because uh, yada, yada, yada. But long story short is uh, there, there may be one person from the Boston Globe that covers about 10 teams. And I'll either read him or send him an email, and I'll get some answers that I need. And it really assists me greatly in assessing a game. Um, there are some I know well enough that they, again, in the old days would be in the locker room almost every day. And those guys that had a feel, a good feel for a team and a coach and the players never had to ask a question. They could just feel it. They could look. They could see part of the practice if they were if it was open to the public or to the press, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how I gather my information. And then, of course, throw my own, uh, throw my own twists and turns into it and, and from, what, from experience and what I do know and what I don't know and make a judgment call. Very difficult for the average person to do so. But, I, but there's, uh, there's a process that I would suggest as far as those who are looking to start betting college basketball and my process might seem crazy, but I think it works for a newbie. That's crazy. No, I'm just I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. How confident yeah. are you betting on or against teams that you might not have seen very much or at all based on statistical profiles, based on the info that you're getting? Are you every bit as confident in those wagers as you are with teams that you perhaps know better? This is, it's an easy answer for me, and you'll be a little late. I don't know if everybody will. It depends on where I got, and yes, the answer is yes, I'm confident depending on where I got the information. Uh, I just outlined beat writers, et cetera. Listen, we, you and I could have 100 contacts, 100 beat writer contacts, and I have a lot of them, and some I take at their word. Others who I don't completely trust or I don't even think they completely know what they're talking about, I may fade, they may tell me something, and I may fade them just because they're consistently wrong. It's a funny kind of process for me. But, yes, I do trust it. Most of the time I may never see a team play uh, for three or four weeks, and I might get some information from from a uh, from a contact or a source, and they may say, "Hey, Tony, this this and this is happening," and I suggest, or this is what I'm doing, and I'll either follow suit or just ignore it. But but I but over 25 years, Teddy, you 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 become you trust yourself uh, as much as you trust uh, a guy who's in the locker room. Yeah, sure. And uh, I mean, like, uh, so I, uh, you talk about contacts. I, I someone does, turned me on to Youngstown State. You know, say, yeah. hey. Pay attention to this team this year. And lo and behold, you know, those contact and and even on this show, you know, people say, Oh, you talk, talk. No, I'm taking notes when my guests are talking. I really am. Sometimes I go back and let's do it again. Because I want to know, you know, sharing info. For college hoops, you don't share a lot of info. It's not like uh, you have all week in the NFL, I share info with everyone. In college football, I share everyone with everyone because you have all week to talk about it. In college hoops, it's what'd you bet last night? What are you betting today? <laughs> you know, and you don't have that right. opportunity to share that type of info. So, uh, let me ask you this, Tony. Sure. You know, you've gone through. Uh, you said you're confident betting something. Who's your favorite team in college hoops this year? Who are you making money with every week uh, or every time they play? Whether you're betting on them or are you betting against them? When you got a good read on someone, it's worth something. Talk to me about your favorite team or two in college basketball so far this year? Um, well, I'll just mention a couple of them. that, And I don't 
it's not like I play them every day or every night. You know that. But I, I know I do something that you do, and I know you'll appreciate this. And sometimes uh, I'll get a good feel on a team, and I'll win a couple games. And I'll see that. Listen, they're not only one; they've covered. And I'll watch them. I'll watch it over and over. Even sometimes watch part and segments of the game. And I will. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, it really doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, the number matters, but not so much as it would. I'll be looking for uh, this is a half a point off. I don't like it. I'm not going to play it because of that. I will. I will support them because they're on a run. I'll back them until they fail, uh, and that's happened this year with uh, Purdue on several occasions. It's happened. I've faded Arkansas, for instance, lately because I don't think that. Uh, Musselman's backcourt is very good, and when you get in conference play with some of these quick backcourts, and they've been very profitable uh, for me to fade. Those two teams, for instance, UConn, uh, about oh, probably Thanksgiving or so, I knew this team was playing above their heads, above their pay grade, skill sets, and I made some money uh, fading them as well. And it goes on and on, St. Mary's, et cetera. So St. Mary's cost me money, Teddy. Early on, I played against them, and they continued to uh, over at least outperform my assessment. Uh, St. Mary's did a heck of a defensive job against Pepperdine the other night. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you watched that game. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, honestly don't think the good. Waves took an open shot the whole night, and right. the shots they were taking were pretty rough. Uh, I've been riding Pepperdine overs. Again, contact. <laughs> a contact. Say, hey, <laughs> uh, Romar, anytime he's playing anybody, is just running, running, running. Um, right. Pepperdine scored 44 points in that game on Thursday night. They did not <laughs> go over the total. Uh, but the, the Gales uh, certainly brought it defensively in that contest. Let's go to the uh, opposite uh, of this question. You know, and you talk about some of these teams. Arkansas has been a great fade of late. UConn, uh, who was so profitable early, not so profitable in recent weeks. Um, right. What about teams that you have not been able to good read on? And let me ask you this. If you have a team, you lost betting on them, you lost betting against them, you lost betting on them again, do you just uh, put that team away? Uh, like, hey, I'll, I'll find somebody else to handicap. Uh, I don't have a good read on this squad. Or do you sometimes come back to those teams that you struggled with early? You know, maybe you bet on them a couple times, bet against them a couple times, couldn't get it right. Uh, are those teams you leave alone long-term? Or are those teams you leave alone uh, maybe a game or two, but you still think maybe you got the right read on them? Well, it, it would take... It would take a complete meltdown on my part, I think, to completely discard a team forever, or should I say for a long period of time inside the season. But but long story short is um, teams like Arizona disappointed me a couple times. They, I really like this team, the skill set, the length, what they bring to, to, to the court, especially in college basketball. They've disappointed me. Last night I caught them on the money line on a 14 parlay, a four-team money line parlay that really made my night. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad you were able to catch it. So that's a great example of a team that, you hadn't been able to get a read on. You left them alone right. for a game or two, and boom, you come back to it. And that, to me, is a, it speaks volumes about the difference between one of the differences <laughs> between guys that do this uh, for a living and guys that do it at, a, at an amateur level. Guys that do it at an amateur level. I'm never betting that team again. I'm never betting that coach again. Forget it. Not a chance. They blew this cover. They're idiots. Whereas a pro <laughs> will uh, come with a little bit of a different attitude and say, all right, I haven't been able to get a good read on this team this week, and I didn't have a good read on them last week. Let's leave them alone for a little while, and maybe we'll find something to do with them well, later on, whether that. it's bet That's on, whether it's bet against. I'm sorry, Tony, yeah, you got about 30 seconds. Times. Yeah, I've said that a few times, but it, typically it's not about sports teams. I'm never drinking tequila again. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and how'd that play out for you? 
<laughs> I didn't. Yeah. About two days worth. That's about all played. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, but it's that same concept. You wake up hungover. You yep. wake up off a losing bet, off a frustrating losing bet. You're like, I'm never doing blank again. As handicappers, <laughs> that's probably not the best solution to our problems. And even a team that you have been able to get right, you bet on them, you bet against them, you're turned around, you're backwards. You leave them alone for a little while. Sometimes they come back and make you a whole lot of money. We've got much more with Tony Finn coming up after this brief commercial message. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Get all the latest updates, breaking news, line changes, and more. Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid Radio, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And, of course, you can follow today's guest, Tony Finn, on Twitter with the worst handle of all time, at Finn at Wagers. Well, it's not the worst handle of all time, but a modestly confusing handle, Finn at Wager Talk, which he's claiming that he's going to add some more ats in the middle of it at some point. Uh, I think at Finn at Wager Talk has a nice ring to it, but you can find him Finn at, at Wager Talk uh, on Twitter. And look, we're going through the world of college basketball betting. Right now, here we are, middle of January, heart of conference season. Who can I make money with? What teams can I ride? I gave you a couple teams that I was looking at earlier. I talked about Youngstown and Pitt and Bradley and Creighton and some of these squads. Boise's been real good. Right now, what teams offer bet on potential? What teams can I say, if I bet this squad for the next five games, I'm going to cover three, four, or five of those, not one or two. Who do we got, Tony? Who stands out to you as undervalued commodities, and why are they undervalued? I'll give you, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a couple um, you know, that you can play. I think you can play on, and I might, I might um, specify in the situation, which is pretty simple, and that would be I would back TCU uh, in, a, in the best conference in college basketball, which is the Big 12, in my opinion. But with, with a caveat, and that caveat being uh, back TCU at home. Um, almost at this point in time, Teddy, when you're playing in the Big 12, if you're playing the conference, I mean playing game, uh, in the gaming aspect, supporting, investing, taking a position on a team, a total, whatever the case may be, the number's gonna, not going to be very big. Uh, these, this is a good conference, and all the numbers are going to be between, you know, I think with five plus five minus five, I think you're going to get those kind of numbers. And there are certain situations that, that dictate um, a play on. TCU at home is a play on. Kansas is a play against almost in this, this, in this orbit of Big 12 teams and the level they're playing at, uh, Kansas is always overvalued. And you, it showed Saturday, last week, earlier this week, when they went to the Little Apple uh, at Bramlage. And uh, they always get everybody's best shot, Teddy, too, right? And I think case they played far above their heads. Everything they threw up for the first you know, 10 minutes went in. But, but I think Kansas is a play against. I think TCU is a play on, as long as they're at home. Kansas is almost a play against anywhere, home, away, Allen, etc. And I'm not talking money line, I'm talking about points, because uh, if you're betting against Kansas on the money line at home, you, you, you were broke a long time ago, 316 and 
14 or something like that is what, what self is. But those two teams in the Big 12 especially, I think at this point in time, Creighton is a play on. Um, they really str- I really liked them early in the season, Teddy. They struggled. They went through a stretch where they were just couldn't hit anything. They couldn't make a bucket. They had a home loss to Nebraska, which was miserable. Um, but I think they're a play on. And if you watched UCLA last night, uh, I think you saw a pedestrian effort, almost a sloppy, lazy effort by UCLA against an Arizona State team that shot almost 50% from the three-point line, and they're not that good a shooting team. And uh, they still lost by 12. UCLA hit that on. I think Arizona State is a bet against in the Pac-12. Arizona State a bet against. TCU a bet on at home. And uh, Creighton. Uh, a team you're looking yeah. to have your money on as well. Kansas, a team that's overvalued. Now, you talked about TCU, and let's talk about this game in particular because TCU mm-hmm. travels to Kansas. Our early start game on Saturday, 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time, 10 a.m. here uh, on the left coast. And the first number I saw was uh, Kansas 8.5 uh, in this mm-hmm. ball game. We only like TCU at home, or does the fade Kansas hold center sway here and we can back the Horn Frogs? catching points in Lawrence. Well, I like TCU. First off, this is one of the most experienced teams in the country. As far as cohesiveness goes in minutes, TCU is one of the top teams at the Division One level. Absolutely. The Trump, the Trump in this one is you trump, uh, even though TCU is away from home, eight and a half with TCU. I'm all over it. All over it, says Tony yeah. Finn. Now, you talked about an overvalued commodity, potentially Arizona State. Kansas. Anyone else stand out to you as a team we want to be betting against on a regular yeah. basis over the course of the next couple of weeks? We may have lost some value in the last couple of games. I've been betting against Ohio State, Teddy, um, a very inconsistent team. I mean, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, Thor- Bruce Thornton, they, they were lights out for three-point land early in the season. And, and offensively, it's a good Ohio State team. Defensively, they stink. Ohio State's a team I would bet against in the Big Ten, especially at home lane points. Well, I, I cast a lucky winner against Ohio State, uh, <laughs> against Rutgers uh, this past oh, yeah. weekend. Yeah. A game in which Rutgers, I, I don't think they, were they ever covering in regulation? If they were, uh, it certainly wasn't for very long. Uh, the right. guy ended up winning by four in overtime, and I only laid three. <laughs> I like Rutgers. I like Rutgers. It's never going to be a pretty game to watch. Rutgers just plays ugly, and, and they are who they are, but they... Uh, I'm either on Rutgers or I'm away from that game, Teddy. So I, yeah. I, I think it was a good play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you, and 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 I was able to. I was glad that I stayed off Rutgers when they traveled to East Lansing uh, earlier this week. Yeah. It was one of those games <laughs> yeah. I'm tempted. I've been riding Rutgers. I've been riding Rutgers. I'm like, you know what? The numbers are a little bit too low, and I don't like. I don't want to bet against Sparty at home in this point spread range off back-to-back loss when they just lost a one-pointer to Purdue. I laid off the game. Rutgers played late an egg and lost by 13. And now, the beauty of that, you didn't take the loss with the team you've been backing. Now, the markets, whatever, you know, the momentum was there for Rutgers, cools off. Boom, they lost. We'll be back on Rutgers, I'm sure, over the course of the next week or two. That team is a moneymaker for me, and I like the Scarlet Knights. Not just at the rack, either. They've been making me money on the highway uh, all season long. College coaches, who stands out to you? Anyone stands out as a genius? Anyone stands out as an idiot? Uh, how much does coaching affect your betting decisions? Is it talent slash recruiting? Is it X's and O's? Um, who's a clown that we should be betting against? And who's a genius we should be betting on? 
Well, that's a there's a lot of coaches, aren't there? I'm. I will say. This. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's only 112 games. <laughs> right. Today, right. Exactly. Which gives you 224 coaches from today to think about. Unless you can go to the extra board for me. If you if you if you have a coach well, from South Carolina Upstate that you want to highlight, uh, you know, knock yourself out. Uh, I will but, do this. I'll I'll stick to some power conferences and so we we could, we could talk about this. this is a great topic we could talk about it for a long long time but um i'm kind of getting repetitive here but i'm a big fan of jamie dixon who is the head coach for tcu um i think he's always a guy that you can depend on late in the game to make good decisions and good in-game adjustments that's really the main thing for me is if i'm listen if i think i'm going to be in a game where i need to have in-game adjustments and and i know jamie dixon's going to say listen we need to dribble and drive right here where the other team's in the but we're in the bonus we need to go to the line et cetera, et cetera. those kind of things come from good coaches um i'm a fan of tad boyle although he's been inconsistent i bet against him um last night uh took washington plus the 10 or night before last whatever it was and won nicely i'm not a bobby hurley fan I think he's overvalued as a coach. I, and that's not the same for his brother. But Bobby Hurley is a bet against for me. Tommy Lloyd is a bet on for me at Arizona. I like Tommy Lloyd. Wayne Tinkle was always a big favorite of mine. Oregon State was never overvalued, Teddy. We both know that. And more often than not, I was right about the Beavers and Tinkle. Um, Jared Haas. I'm not a big Jared Haas fan, for instance. Well, I'm sticking to the Big 12 here, right? or the Pac-12 right now, and that's as a Stanford coach. But I certainly would be, tell you that if you're betting against McCronin, I think you're making a mistake, too. So in a nutshell, on Dixon, Lloyd, uh, Cronin, against would be Hurley. And, uh, Hurley and uh, uh, Hurley. And in truth, listen, right now, Musselman. Musselman uh, has made – and everyone thinks Arkansas is going to be just a powerhouse in this SEC conference, especially when they beat UConn early on, right? Um, he doesn't have a very good team. His backcourt is not capable, and I don't like his in-game decisions. He's a great recruiter. He's brought great, great talent to Arkansas, just like he did in Reno, um, you know, with uh, with Nevada. But he's a bet against for me too. So you talk about the Hurleys. There's two Hurleys, yeah. and you say one's a bet against, That's and right. what is it? Uh, yeah. Tell me why. <laughs> well, why? Um, because Bobby Hurley is the is the public coach in the in that brother tandem, right? And he's also at a school that, well, I shouldn't say this because I might be, you might disagree with me. I think if, if it came to um, asking somebody who plays for, for UConn and who plays for Arizona State, I think you might, at least in our orbit right here, you're going to get more, more answers about Arizona State than you would against UConn. And that, all those things matter, Teddy, when it comes to the line and the number and the public perception, the perception period, Right. Um, Bobby is a play against, and, and Arizona State, in turn, is a play against. And King Hurley at UConn is a play on. And, and at this point in time, I think UConn is a team we have to be very careful with. But I think I think everything equal, uh, moving forward, everything that goes around, comes around. This UConn team is still a good, good March team. And just real quick, I mean, Tinkle sure. was a guy who I loved at Oregon State. Me too, me too, me too. Last year he burned me, and this year he's burned me again. <laughs> is, do, we, do, do, do we still like the guy? Or is it just done? Yes. It's really hard to recruit to Corvallis. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, at least for basketball, I think. And Tinkle, uh, you know, I, I, I made a lot of money when Tinkle was playing for Tinkle, and I think you would probably say the same thing. And he has, listen, I, he's upset me a few times, but 
this is a guy that I think you're making a mistake uh, sleeping on if you're putting up against a, a self or uh, they can't compete with Kansas or, or even a, a Dixon and TCU in the Big 12. I, I like the adjustments he makes. I like the pregame, typically game plans he has. And he takes the talent he has and does the best he can with it most nights. That's my opinion. Tony Finn, I need two things from you. I need yes, a bettable opinion on today's card for Saturday, and I need you to promote yourself, your website, your Twitter, where people can find you. We have about 90 seconds. Well, first, you can only find me on Teddy. Uh, you can only find me on Teddy Covers Radio's programs. Um, uh, <laughs> Marinci, yeah, Gabriel Marinci Radio programs and Wager Talk uh, TV and Wager Talk website. That's it. Um, I don't uh, WH myself out very much, although people have suggested to do such. I just won't do it. I'm too old. But as far as promoting myself, that's all I'm going to say. You want to find me, you know how to get a hold of me, Teddy. Everyone listening, go to wagertalk.com. If you can't find me, ask some questions. They'll tell you where I am, whether it's uh, in my office, in a studio, uh, in a watering hole somewhere. They'll say, that's where you'll find sin. A bettable game for tomorrow, tonight, the next day. Let's say Saturday, for instance, okay? Uh, you, you, you kind of broke my – I'd already planned on this because I knew there was going to be a question from you. And, it, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know how much time left, and that's TCU plus the points. You kinda, I, don't, I can't believe you picked that game out, you know, Kansas, TCU, but you did. And I'm absolutely playing against the Jayhawks at the Fog. And I'm taking the points of the visitor and the Horned Frogs. So Tony Finn says, do not expect an immediate bounce back from Kansas <laughs> off that OT loss uh, in Manhattan in the Little Apple earlier this week. A look at TCU plus the points at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in early start action today. Tony, look, it's always a pleasure and it's always interesting i talk to you. I'll say this. Our segments are never boring, and you bring more personality than just about anyone else I have on this show. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, all the thanks go to you. Thanks, Teddy. Cheers, Tony Finn. When we come back, I've got an opinion. NFL action for today. Yeah, we got some football going. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of covering with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, check out the podcast version of covering with Teddy Covers. Download and consume at your convenience. Wherever you download your podcast, it's real simple. Just search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers, and you'll see this show, you'll see tomorrow's NFL show, you'll see last week's shows, last month's shows, every show I've ever done. This is now my my third year uh, doing these shows every weekend on the Sports Grid Radio Network. You can get all of them archived. And, of course, this show archived uh, podcast version. I encourage you, download and consume at your convenience. Go back and hear all the funny stuff Tony Finn said throughout the course of our hour together. I want to give you guys a bettable opinion in the NFL uh, for today. It's been a basketball-focused show. I feel remiss uh, talking only basketball on a game on a day where we have uh, playoff football going. So I want to give you guys a bettable opinion uh, for football action. We're going to go out to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City and talk about the Chiefs 
and the Jaguars. I cashed a ticket with Jacksonville over the total last week, and it wasn't pretty, but it got there, and it got there with room to spare. This isn't new or different from the Jags, all right? They turned the ball over five times last week and still finished with 31 points. Trevor Lawrence in the passing game is working. It's a balanced offense right now. They scored 27-plus in more than half their games over the back half of the season. When these two teams played the first time, 27-17, stayed under the total. But it's worth noting Mahomes had 333 passing yards. The Chiefs had 486 total yards. And at 20 to nothing, Kansas City kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. I wouldn't expect that to happen in the postseason. The last four times Jacksonville has faced a good offense, a good quarterback, L.A. last week, Kansas City, Dallas, and Detroit, 30 points, 27, 40, and 34 allowed. KC hung 42 on each of their first two home playoff games last year. They hung 38 in the Bills here in the postseason in 2020, 51 and 35 in the two home playoff games in 2019. You know where I'm going with this one. Expect points. Look for the Jags and Chiefs to get up and over the total. Best of luck with all your wagers. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.